Hi, and welcome to Work Life Cafe podcast. My name is Kashif, and together with Sam, we want to have a dialogue with you about life, work, and how to thrive in our always connected world. Work Life Cafe podcast is brought to you by Manpower Group Malaysia. And if you want to talk to us about a specific topic or you would like to pose us questions, go to manpower.com.my forward slash worklifecafe. Submit your suggestions or questions there and we will gladly address them. That's manpower.com.my forward slash worklifecafe. And today we're in for a treat. We have a very special guest. He brings decades of experience from exceptional organizations and transformation advisory expertise from Fortune 500 companies. Among the exciting roles he held is the country head of right management in India and the head of IBM Smarter Workforce. He was the leader of employee engagement and leadership development practice for Gallup Consulting, and has helped many organizations transform their business strategy, digital footprint, talent management, and leadership development. Right now, he's the head of Asia-Pacific Human Capital Management Application Strategy at Oracle Corporation. Truly a business and HR transformation leader in Asia. Mr. Shakun Kanna, thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much, Kashif, for inviting me. And Sam, it's a pleasure to be in this conversation. Really looking forward to our discussion today. If you guys would like to connect to Shakun, you can go to his LinkedIn or by visiting his site at shakunkana.com. That's S-H-A-A-K-U-N-K-H-A-N-N-A.com. And we are asking a question today, which is related to the article that was uh, published by Your Good Self and that was circulated uh, in different media companies uh, and websites about Generation R. So what's Gen R and what it means for companies and individuals is our question of today. Thanks, Kashiv. And it's intriguing the amount of attention and interest this whole concept of Gen R has, has drawn to itself. You see, when the current crisis hit us, we were not aware of what it is going to be, what would be the expanse of it. And we all went into, uh, quote unquote, the lockdown in various countries in various formats. One thing is for sure that we did stop working in the natural way and adapted a new way of working, largely remote and virtual working, which today seems as if it's business as usual. Now, we did a research to find out what has been the impact of this prolonged change of behavior of people and working in a newer environment, which has certain constraints where technology is playing an important role and people's expectations of life, work, and the work-life balance has changed. So therefore, we ran a global uh, research uh, where a lot of people from Asia-Pacific participated, and we found out a very interesting thing. What we found out that in the pre-lockdown era, there were multiple generations at work, five generations at work, and they had certain peculiar habits, behaviors, and outlook towards work. But when we looked at the data, we found out that, hey, People, and to be precise, about 60% people were reporting very similar feelings, similar behaviors, and also stating that they have changed certain habits and behaviors. And that now, after almost three months of the, the situation, it is very evident, but people have permanently changed. So there is this group of people 
who have permanently altered their beliefs their habits their outlook towards work and they come from any generation for that matter and that's the collective group that we are calling generation r and this generation r is clearly showing some very very peculiar patterns of thoughts feelings and behaviors which we believe will have a very profound impact again on work the worker and work life yeah very interesting shakun so essentially generation r expands across multiple age groups so it's a unifying factor when you think about it it is a unifying and r here stands for reset generation resilient generation or recalibrated generation because that's what this lockdown and this change of routine has done to people that's fascinating find finally something that reunites all of the multi generations in the workforce yeah and and i thought that uh, pre lockdown or pre this crisis situation it was technology and digitization that was somehow trying to bind everybody together but the the generational differences at that time were very pronounced today it's not so for example even if i look at my family my father who was trying to adopt and and embrace technology has actually gone to a different level altogether because of this forced adoption if i may so he's almost a millennial now which he wasn't about 90 days ago and he was you know just trying hard fantastic can you share with us a little bit more about you know what were the common threads what were the common traits amongst the generation r i think that's a very interesting question sam because a lot came out some of it like any other research or survey was noise some of it were were very intuitive but for the positive of time i will focus on three four things that i believe are defining uh, patterns in this whole transformation first of all majority of the people outlook towards work and workplace has altered and when i say majority see 60% of the people said they have changed so therefore gen r comprises of 60% of the working population within the 60% population about 73% people said their behaviors and habits have changed which could mean that you know how they have embraced remote working or work life balance uh, and so on and so forth people have opened up to this idea of learning agility like never before 56% people reported that they have learned at least one or more new skills new things they could be related to their profession or it could be outside of work but the interesting part is that people are really learning something without any reason for the fun of learning that's important majority of the people have started believing that they work come back workplace will become far more competitive yet they are saying on the other hand collaboration will also increase so earlier when competition used to increase there would be a dog fight now it will be you know a, a more of an orchestra because while they are competing they are collaboratively competing in this process most of the people believe that they will have to put much more hard work into being successful which most of them are willing and getting prepared for so if you look at it suddenly the returning workforce will be fiercely competitive exceedingly collaborative and very very hard working imagine what a gold mine it could be from a talent perspective for the organization which so far was struggling around productivity engagement and so on and so forth so i think there's a natural motivation that has gone in uh, got involved in 
So this is one uh, broad thing. Before I move to the next one, uh, do you have any comments or, or any, anything that you want to say? No, it sounds it sounds very clear actually, and and we're seeing very similar patterns within our own employees. I, I mean, as you could imagine, during this period, communication becomes absolutely paramount to make sure that you stay in touch and you stay connected with with your teams. And we've had multiple town halls, multiple surveys, pulse surveys to check how people are. Mm. And our findings align very, very much with, with what you have found so far. This is why we wanted to get you on board to sort of exchange ideas and, 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 and explore a little bit more about your research. So it's interesting because uh, I'm assuming a large part of your employee base or your team wouldn't have participated in the survey, you know, so it's, it's kind of a, a reiteration of some of the trends and patterns. The second important thing, Sam and Kashif, is around how the work ethic of people are changing. One interesting fact came out was that majority of the people reported a very strong agreement on three or four different things. First of all, they believe that they owe much more to society and environment than before, which is a big thing because that has an implication of how people look at life, how people look at work, and more importantly, how people choose their workplaces. In the same yeah. continuum, people are saying moral values and ethics will play a much more important role uh, going forward in business. And that's also corroborating a lot of findings that McKinsey's of the world and other large organizations are finding around how uh, sustainability, value-driven organizations will become of prime importance uh, going forward. And that, therefore, uh, has a dual bearing. One, the way uh, they expect their organizations to be living the values is very, very different, and they are far more you know, demanding there. And I think uh, this opens up uh, a very, very strong case for authentic organizations, sustainable organizations, and responsible organizations uh, going forward from a talent attraction perspective, clearly. So that's mm -hmm. the other important piece. Veer, may I ask a question? Um, I noticed that there are these three factors, right? One is related to spirituality, one is related to environmental sustainability, and one is the corporate ethics or business ethics, morals and principles, and uh, corporate social responsibility, so to speak. Why do you think is the fact the COVID situation, the experience that humanity went through and is going through, in fact, has impacted people at such a deep level where perhaps value patterns, their core beliefs are in some way or another being affected to a degree where such deep factors like spirituality, uh, environment, what their organization contributes to society has surfaced up in, in a stronger form with uh, the Generation R. So, Kashif, uh, uh, thank you for asking this question because I think this is the perhaps one of the most intelligent questions somebody has asked me around this research. Thank you. You see, the kind of competitive lives that we were all living before this crisis hit us had pushed us into a form of mindlessness. You know, this whole whole mindfulness was kind of lost somewhere. We were working odd hours. We had lifestyles which were full of consumerism, uh, basic things like empathy were, were at, their, at their 
you know peak bottom if i may say so and so forth now we are going back to our natural self you know there are a lot of people out there who are also saying that this crisis is all about nature reclaiming itself and uh, coming in that format so i think what is happening is we are getting into that mindfulness zone by the virtue of what has happened one people have realized that in spite of all the achievements all the commercializations as human race we are still very weak imagine a tiny virus that can't be seen has actually brought the entire mankind on its knees and there is nothing we are able to do so that's the kind of a little wake up moment and at the same time they have also realized that there are larger forces we call it spirituality some people may give it some other names which is fine but they are waking up to that reality so again i think uh, it is kind of taking the entire consciousness of the business world to the next level where again sustainability environmental responsibilities social obligations those things are becoming more important as if people are waking up to that reality and becoming more mindful so while they were not practiced earlier in a few organizations i would say and they were just preached now i think world is waking up to not just preaching but also practicing and it's a good thing from my perspective yeah very interesting we very often talk about the type of leadership that's going to have to evolve out of this situation what are your thoughts in terms of the challenges facing the we talk a lot about new norm we should also talk a little bit about new leadership so from your perspective what are the kind of challenges that new leaders are going to be facing in this environment and in particular to motivate generation r i think that's a that's a question frankly sam i don't have an answer to i believe nobody has an answer to because the way things are changing and evolving is so rapid and so ambiguous at this point in time it is going to be very difficult but what i can say for sure is that the job of leaders is going to become far more difficult going forward one thing that will be a imperative is bringing authenticity now while we were talking about that people are becoming spiritual there is another dichotomous dimension to that also so it's not everything is not soft and hunky dory over 60% people said that money is important and they would want to work towards creating multiple sources of income now so look at this dichotomy if you are a leader sam you are going to lead people who are one side very responsible very spiritual uh, very conscientious and on the other hand they are very very monetarily motivated and very clear about mitigating their monetary risk and so on and so forth in the olden world these two things moved distinctively right now this is this is the dichotomy so how does the leader really maintain the emotional empathy uh, and emotional intelligence aspect and the economics of it would be a very very important uh, question so this doesn't mean that if i uh, my people are more driven by money i could just give them more money and get all sorts of things done no that's not going to happen so it's becoming far more complex the other thing that the leaders need to learn is being comfortable with vulnerability gone are those days that leaders uh, should know all the answers and they should be clear you know a lot of uh, ceos that i have been speaking to uh, have said that a lot of people are asking questions what does future look like will i lose my job what will happen to the business the most comfortable and the most loved ones are those who have straight away looked into the eyes of people and said hey you know what i don't know 
is there a risk yes there is a risk am i with you yes am i with you but can i save you really i don't know i am not a demigod but i am a fellow human being like you who's also going through this crisis is a epitome of authenticity and i think that's something that will become increasingly important in leaders and sam you and i know there are a lot of leaders out there maybe struggling with truly living authentic leadership right absolutely i mean there's a massive massive shift from the traditional person at the top being expected to be the beacon of all knowledge and have all of the answers to a type of leader who's comfortable being uncomfortable being able to admit i don't have all of the answers but together we're going to work to find those solutions which again brings it back to what you talked about about the ability to get a sense of community despite multiple focus multiple drivers for the workforce into a common direction because you know the one common factor that we have found both with our employees our core employees and our associates is the necessity to feel a sense of purpose at times like this not necessarily certainty you you know that there is a level of uncertainty but it's the ability to be able to rally around a single direction which may not necessarily be dictated from the top and i think this is the interesting situation now yeah is and i think we are going back to the tribal era remember tribes exactly. used to yeah. operate like this and there are uh, places where they use the word tribe in the in the context of organizational culture so i think it's high time for us to start calling organization culture as tribe because it will be the the tribe mentality and the tribe thing that will take us and sail us through that which is all about having a common sense of purpose having a very strong bonding yet having no clue of of the direction and living in that ambiguity and thriving that's very interesting because uh, in many occasions before covid since i joined one power group in fact years ago sam has always attributed the name kampong in in bahasa melayu it is means a village uh, to mm. our community in in malaysia so that's the way he kind of sees our our workforce our employees being together in in kind of a village which is a tribe so to speak yeah yeah so i i think tribe is the next next big thing thank you uh, shakun this is very very insightful um so i would like to know do you think this is the generation r is it fair to call it a generation within this such of a short time frame I've heard that someone saying that people some people have a memory of a goldfish. So will these types of behaviors and changes last and kind of grow roots in our society long after the pandemic experience? Yeah, so Kashi this is interesting and Rahul Khanna is a is a ex colleague from Manpower group who commented this morning uh, exactly the same thing that while this is true today what will happen when people go back remember our habits change because of two reasons one we change from within b the external environment around us changes now we are saying that people have changed and they will return back in a changed mindset the other interesting dimension is that they would be returning to a changed workplace as well it's not that they are going to land in the same environment now everything would have changed right so Uh, it's i'm very convinced that uh, 
one force or the other. Either your own experience would propel you towards changing or you will have to adapt to the changed environment out there. So therefore, it will be permanent. Whether we like to call it generation or not, I think that's again, I mean, I would, I would call it tribe R tomorrow, you know, because uh, this is what it is. But it is just about people who have gone through similar experiences and have developed similar viewpoints around, around work and life, whatever nomenclature we call it, so be it. Uh, we just happen to call it generation and it's become popular like that, so be it. I couldn't agree with you more, Shakun. I think the force of change is going to drive us moving forward because it's very, it's very much a case of go back to the future rather than go back and expect things to be the same. So, you know, the, the, the tide of change is irreversible. The question now, and this is what we're all trying to contemplate and get our mind around, is what is the pace of the change and how quickly is that going to continue? You know, we always talk about innovation cycles and how that time is compressed all the time. I think what we're going to see now is a further compression with regards to the change that is that is coming, behavioral, cultural. Absolutely. And Sam, this whole notion of being able to manage change. And of course, you know, the concept of future ready organization has gone out of the window. Because imagine all the organizations were claiming to be future ready. Future hit us in this manner and nobody was ready, right? That's so it. we yeah. can't we can never be future ready. And I think it's time for us to start thinking are we resilient enough? Are we ready today? That's about it. Because if you are ready today, and if you are resilient today in face of any crisis or challenge, that means yesterday you were future ready. But today, are we? We don't know. Right? So I, I completely understand and I agree with what you're saying. So Shakun, any last comments, any last uh, tips for individuals and employers? I think uh, everybody is talking about the new normal. Nobody knows what the new normal is. but Stop believing that you will go back to the normal. That's not going to happen. That's point number one. Secondly, I think individuals have to be very clear that going forward, learning agility and trying out new things is going to be a survival imperative. If you don't do that, I don't think any organization will have the ability to sustain that kind of talent. For organizations, I think it will be important to do the same to be very, very agile, to relook at their processes. Uh, sometimes uh, organizations take a lot of pride that this is our culture and we operate it like that. I think culture itself has to mend itself, amend itself and adapt to the changing requirements. So everybody has to be flexible. Everybody has to be aware. And I think that should be the common trait of the tribe, uh, which is around agility and resilience. And I think that's what I would, I would recommend. Thank you very much, Shakun. So to our listeners, I would highly encourage them once more to, if they want to know more about you, to go to your uh, LinkedIn or website, uh, which is shakunkana.com. That's S-H-A-A-K-U-N-K-H-A-N-N-A.com. Thank you very much, Shakun, for being with us today. It was very informative, very interesting to listen to you. It's been a real pleasure, Shakun. It's really, really great to, to speak with you. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. We're very, very much in agreement with the thoughts that you've shared today, and it will be interesting. Maybe we can get back together again in six months' time and just see how the world has changed 
from yeah. that from the time today generation r would have become older by then and it would be <laughs> absolutely fun hey guys thank you so much for inviting me it's been a pleasure uh, thank you so much i think that the initiative that you all have have started is great it's, it's amazing look forward to to contributing and learning from this uh, going forward thank you so much thank you for tuning in to our episode today we hope you enjoyed it in the next episode we are going to talk about women empowerment during crisis if you have any questions go to manpower.com.my forward slash work life cafe send them over to us and we will gladly address them stay safe and we'll talk to you next time Thank you.